Hey, listeners of the Rejected, yeah, here's how you identify our voices. This is my voice. My voice is my password. That's correct. This is my voice. My voice is my password. <laughs> this is my voice, and I'm Michael. <laughs> All righty, guys. Well, if you want to catch our reaction, that's up on the YouTubes. But if you just want to hear our thoughts, mainly Michael's thoughts. And prayers. Stick around today. Pray with us. Let's go. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Who's Rachel Morrison? I don't know. Give her a raise. <laughs> she, yeah. Seriously. Have we seen her director credit before? I don't I know. Like that was time. great. Wow. Yeah, that was terrific. Love the mood. I didn't think we would get that. I mean, I thought it earlier, but for some reason in the moment, I was like, oh, if I were not, maybe not. Yeah. Sure enough, given up. <laughs> well, that, uh... that was a great episode. That was a really, really great episode. God. Continues to subvert expectation. I love that they credit the, somebody pointed that out, they credit the stunt actors who actually do Mando now. Oh, good. Yeah, it's those last two names there. Who cares? <laughs> They're not Pedro Pascal's voice. He's a busy guy. It's all about those few minutes Pedro spends in the booth. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that was that was phenomenally executed. It was, it was so well done. Yeah. I, I love the the direction they're going with Bo-Katan because I can't quite tell where it I, is. I it's still, like, is, I don't think it's what we think. Uh, what, what do you mean? I don't think that Bo-Katan... <laughs> now, anything you think is going to have, be wrong. Now we have several, <laughs> That's not I the have, thought you I, were thinking. I have several thoughts. <laughs> you know, which which one am I wrong about? <laughs> I don't think Bo's going to be the villain. No, no, uh, Nor do I. I, yeah. I, I think they're going to have something where there will be... It's going to be like a Cobra Kai situation is what I think is going to go yeah. down. John Catan Kreese is coming. Where No, where, <laughs> where they, they are going to have a difference of ideologies, and they will butt heads. Sure. But they have, have to reunite, man. But, but eventually, yeah, they are going to see that they are the thing that will bring unity to it. So Dan is Eagle Fang and Bo-Katan is Miyagi-Do. Yeah, or one or the flip it around, doesn't matter which one. But yeah, yeah. the one of the two. That's I think that's where they're headed with it, where... It seems like they could be on the brink of like fighting amongst each other, but they're yeah. going to realize that ultimately that's not the There's key to a it. Greater threat. Uh, no, I I completely agree. I mean, uh, I I appreciated the 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 subtle nuance of of lore. Um, subtle. There's a lot. Well, I mean, it was when it comes to Mandalorian lore, you could just. Well, they didn't put on a Mando forty minute YouTube lore. video. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I thought it was it was really casually well done, but like the way that Bo looked at Din when he was in the water mm -hmm. was just like I respect your commitment and tenacity. Well, I don't <laughs> yeah. believe any like of this, but also there might well, be something to this. This is well, a beautiful moment for yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she washed away judgment in that moment, and I, I think began Very to cool. see a future that has otherwise. The idea of a future for Mandalore felt extinct for her. And I think in Din, she sees a future. Um, and I, I, I'm really, really excited. I, I just keep wondering, have we not even met our big bad yet? Um, I'm not sure, because what's cool about these two episodes together, I kind of feel like they could have 
They're, these they're tonally and paced so different yeah. that I get why they're two separate episodes, but they could have premiered them both on the same day. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't because that would have been a lot of editing for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Disney. <laughs> glad they did it. <laughs> they did it just for Greg. <laughs> there you go. When they do that shit, I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's going to be a long, long night. <laughs> um, but um, what's, what's different already structurally is it doesn't feel like mission of the week that eventually becomes tethered together uh, by, in the last few episodes, like how the first two seasons were. Like This is di- immediately yeah. after the first episode, and it's, it feels very serial. And even where this ends off, it feels very much like this whole all the episodes are going to be way more connected. Very and, focused. Yeah, exactly. Where I really loved the structure of, of the first two seasons. I, I loved the... The random because it's like the missions are well justified. Like, well, I need to survive, so I need yeah. to take on some missions, and then how they come together. I think it's really cool, but to see these two back to back, it does put it in a different lens for how this can progress. And I really just want to say this: I think this is Katie Sackhoff's best work she's done yeah. thus far uh, as being live action Bo-Katan. It's a it's a tough character to adapt to live action. Um, it, it was so. It was it's <laughs> such a, <laughs> I mean, Bo is such a uh in in woman. Clone Wars. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta chill with that, Greg. She is a woman. You got a problem with I that? Mean, Michael's I'm trying to help. Trying to say that there shouldn't be women I'm trying to say what I know you're thinking, not what I'm thinking. I'm <laughs> I'm saying that she's a complicated character and has been from the first time that we saw her. Um, I mean, first time we met Bo in Clone Wars, she was on the wrong side. Yeah. Um, and I think has always been a very impulsive, quick-to-react character. Uh, and I appreciate that going back to Mandalore, facing her mistakes, we're seeing just a really interesting, nuanced character um, that is is making for just, like, great storytelling. Yeah. Are you... No. No? Not at all. Don't agree. New Do question. you think... <laughs> <laughs> but what if... Uh, <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> Being on the rejects You're is definitely, really You're definitely hard. reaching. <laughs> no, Michael. <laughs> I was going to say. Michael. <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I feel like they were indicating to us throughout this episode that there are other survivors of a Mandalorian background who may have survived and may still be on Mandalore. Um, do you think that's a possibility? Do you yeah, think there's definitely? Yeah, I mean, that was the whole point of what Bo-Katan was saying with like what else could have survived, and you do see that there's these other th- there were there were qualities about this that felt like the most obvious one to note is yeah some like aliens, uh, but also this did have like when you when you call like the second time Morlocks was like that's exactly what I was thinking too was very much in like an H.G. Wells type of situation here. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen the Time Machine, watch yes. the Guy Pierce one. That's a superior version. That's the version. <laughs> Orlando Jones, <laughs> and Jeremy Irons, that's boy. One, that's the one to go with. Uh, but no, it did. It did resonate in that regard, uh, because you know, like there is this gap in time that we just haven't seen of what happened here. So even though it's not a time travel episode, we have jumped forward with. If you if you take the time with Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, anything to do with Mandalore, and then suddenly you just skip ahead, like, oh, it's all gone now. It's all yeah. it's all destroyed. Yeah. It's, it's the ruins. So there is a sense of of like a time travel quality to it, only because of the fact that there is this chunk that we're missing. 
that eventually Kathleen Kennedy's going to be like, produce that show. We got to see it now. <laughs> we got to fill in all the gaps. We need, all of it needs to be visual. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to the head cannon. Yeah. If, if there's a millisecond that is unaccounted for in canon, yeah. um, web is make so. it a show. <laughs> make it a show or movie. Well, I, I, I think that's what's kind of neat. Um, like, Who's going to play young Moff Giddy? <laughs> Ooh, that is a good question. That's a hey. great question. Let's not go down this road. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I I do agree that we will see that um, either in the form of flashbacks or in uh, a future animated property. Yeah, it's gonna be expensive. Um, uh, no, yeah, I think animation is probably the the right move for that. Um, no, I mean that that period between Rebels and now, like, yeah, things really hit the fan on Mandalore. Um, I'm I'm really interested to see if these who's ever left, you know? Yeah. Are they okay? What's what's going on that we haven't seen them or heard from them or or do they even know the war is over? Like I wonder if uh uh <laughs> oh, it's, it's going to be like like the Japanese out, like... World War 2 soldiers that like in the 1970s they were like still trying to catch some of the guys on the island who didn't believe that they surrendered. Um, which would be really cool to see, like um, Japanese, soldier. like Fen Rao, yep, <laughs> yep, Fen Rao from uh, Rebels, uh, who is one of the Mandalorian protectors, um, who was, you know, friends with Bo. Uh, I just think it'd be really cool to see what happens to the Mandalorians who still think the fight's going on. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I feel like that could be an interesting. Yeah, Star Wars loves to pull from World War II, uh, sure. yeah. so. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of interesting aspects this can go down, but I, I do want to just appreciate like what the episode in and of itself did because yeah. this was more... Because remember, I, last last week, uh, that premiere episode, I was saying that this feels like the most lighthearted and hopeful Mandalorian's ever been, and it's interesting <laughs> to start off that way when I'm so used to be kind of being darker. Yeah. And then the second episode is, this is more the Mandalorian that I know and love. Because I really liked the last episode yeah. uh, a lot, but this was this is more my cup of tea when it comes to the Mandalorian, and it it was paced so well. It was filled with a lot of tension, and it had Life Day. I know John Favreau really loves that. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. I don't know why he loves it so much. Because <laughs> the holiday special is the greatest Star Wars yes. content that was ever created. That's that Bunta boy? Is that the same R five droid from I think A so. New Hope? It it's, it, it's just been kicking around uh, this long. Yeah, I mean, and to think how different. That's the what if series I want to watch. What if R5 was picked instead of R2? Uh, We would have had a whole other series. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and it would never have been as popular. Yeah, it would have just been Luke going to Tachi Station to pick up some power converters. (laughs) He actually gets the converters. Uh, (laughs) But what does he do with them is the question. But what'd you think of the set design, John? I love the set design. I thought this did really nicely to I've always thought the Mandalorian has looked really good in the way it realizes things, but you know, we live in a world now where the volume especially is just a much more noticeable thing and everybody is a little more aware that that happens. And here I I found myself having this sort of the, the thought you want to have where you're like this doesn't look like the volume, <laughs> you know. This looks really <laughs> tangible. Uh, tangible, yeah. yeah. And I love just, yeah, getting to know these ruins and, and, and like, kind of like you said, like it has all that stuff that you love from the Mandalorian. But this also kind of felt like it did progress the tone, the style, because you are just sort of drinking in the air 
all of the air of you know this this worn down decimated space and uh i loved the discovery of that the fun that led to you get these creatures and things like that and and even though there are a lot of desolate and rendered planets that we visit in a show like this this felt like a a place with even just seeing it here intimately in this one episode, it already has this this care. It feels like a character unto yeah. itself. Yeah, there's an architectural wonder still. Yeah. Well, well I I think that's one of my favorite parts of like the nuance of Mandalorian culture and lore is that like they're not just epic warriors, they're also artists. Like they're also architects. Like Sabine Wren's dad from Rebels. <laughs> like when he's introduced, you know, you're expecting to see this like great Mandalorian warrior, and it turns out he's just like an art nerd. And I, I think exploring well, that's kind of what like the armor represents that too. I mean, everything yeah. everything about them is very. It, there is a, 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 a artisanal. traditional warrior artistic style to them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's why they made such wonderful rivals to the the Jedi, um, because it, it mirrors that kind of the the art of war and culture and, like, that samurai feeling of, you know, these different clans each have these these symbols that represent them and, and this ideology is, is ancient. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's neat that what was... Star Wars Legends is slowly becoming like, and and I love even for example when they introduced the idea of the Mythosaur and, and kind of like gave us a little contextual background. I love that the Mandalorians' understanding of what happened is just as like questionable as our understanding of what happened because it's legends for us too. Yeah, um, and, and it's history through multiple lenses and perspectives. Yeah, well, and I think it's kind of neat. Uh, it makes the characters uh, a little bit like us. In, in well, regard. you know, they used to ride the Mythosaurus, too, after Conquest. So I'm thinking that if they if they can somehow pull that Mythosaur out, then they could use it to fight whatever Tame big it. baddie. Mm-hmm. And not just huh? big baddie, but think of the symbol of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- but I'm, ta- I'm because talking the dark big CGI fight scenes. Well, because, absolutely, absolutely. Well, because well, canonically speaking... The helmet of Mandalore was the symbol, and then the dark saber was stolen by Clan Vizsla from the Jedi Temple, and then that became the symbol. And now the dark saber has like a lot of just bad vibes around it. Like it's the sword that killed. Good, like dark like, energy around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird that the dark saber <laughs> have dark energy. Around. But uh, I feel like it would be really interesting to to have, you know, as you create the legend of this new Mandalore and this new leader, who I really feel Din Djarin is like the, especially the fact that they did make, you know, canon and clear that he is from the Mandalore system. Um, I thought that was really, like, coming from Concordia, uh, as where he was from, I thought was a really nice, like, oh, great, he's, like, actually Mandalorian and not, like, a foundling from somewhere totally random um he's not a randolorian yeah a randolorian <laughs> well i mean he still could have been the foundling who was raised there huh no? well no 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 you have me doubting myself he Greg. was really young good and I, I spent a lot of time in therapy to get I over as much doubt in you good mate <laughs> uh no yeah because I, the mandalorian's like a nationality it's not a race well, it's, it's kind of like it's being co- Jewish. It's, religion. Actually, it's like being yeah. Jewish. Yeah, no, it's exactly. Yeah. Speaking as the Jew in the group, 
Um, that's exactly what it is. It's both a race of people. But, well, the interesting thing is the ancient Mandalorians, if we're going by, like, legends, if there was a race that was separate of humans, and humans ended up becoming the majority, but Mandalorian as a culture was something that was slowly adapted. Yeah. Um, so the Mandalorian race is, as, as an actual race went extinct. And if you believe in legends, they which from, I do, they come from Coruscant. Um, no, you don't believe in legends, Greg? Mm, that's a little bullshit. Yeah. Well, it's a tall tale, Mike. <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really, really excited to figure out what is the unifying event that will bring the Mandalorians back together. Um, and we know, you know, uh, that at least by the time of the sequel trilogy, that Mandalorians are still around in the galaxy. Because they were one of the flags at Maz Kanata's palace. Yeah, I remember that. You don't remember that? That's the only <laughs> thing I remember about the I, sequel I remember watching the trailer on the Real Rejects, pausing and being like, that's the Mandalorian flag. Sure hope I get to talk about that one day on the Real Rejects. And Dude, it was are. just like you were here in the room for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Huh? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't remember any of that. Uh <laughs> 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 yeah, I I know you don't love me getting too excited about the other Star Wars shows um, because you want to focus on the present and, and be here in this show. Um, but I do really love the idea. I hate it. I know you hate it. <laughs> but I do really love this idea of, you know, uh, the the person who gave Bo-Katan the Darksaber, Sabine Wren, who's a character from Rebels, um, is like definitively going to be a big part of the Ahsoka series. Which will it sounds the Soka yeah. series sounds like Rebels continued <laughs> live action, which with a time jump, <laughs> like which I feel like will like have a uh, would be really useful for them to have an army of Mandalorians at their side. Oh, definitely no. Yeah, so. the, the, the the Rebel the Soka show I just view as live action Rebels. <laughs> like Great. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. Whatever I hear about, oh, it sounds like every character from Rebels is returning. Basically, I'm sold. Yeah. Sold. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know Thrawn had a. Who's one of my favorite Star Wars characters loved Mandalorian culture uh, and found it really, really fascinating. So, yeah, I'm just excited to see how the dots connect um, and the tone of this. Like, this is obviously so different from Andor, and I feel like that was a big complaint that I saw from the last episode is that Andor kind of changed the game of what we expected as Star Wars content. Um, but like, Andor is this like great World War II spy thriller. This is like Lord of the Rings of yeah sure uh, and it's interesting like existing within the same universe but having these like wildly different genres that exist within that you know franchise. Well, I feel like that's something that could be happening. You know, we'll see as the season unfolds. But I I don't expect this show to become Andor or have that level of concern with what its allegory is doing necessarily, mm-hmm. but. I do feel like, especially seeing this season take a shape that feels a little more directly serial, as you pointed out, uh, could lend itself. And they're also like they're back on Mandalore. They're they're confronting directly the culture, the religion, etc. And I feel like you could unpack that over the course of this, especially as you know the the, the more they bring this place back, the more uh, legitimacy, the more dispelling of all the the myths and things like that. The yeah. more people are going to be eyeing it, and the more conflicts are going to arise, and the more the sectarian you know debacle that. 
partly ripped this place apart is going to come back into the fray. So I feel like you can get that, but at the same time, yeah, I don't I don't expect this to just go full Andor, and I don't think it should because yeah. this should be a bit of a swashbuckling adventure. Um, but yeah, this feels like something. I love the way this ended too because this ends in a in a very definitive like no, we're we're going to continue this next time. This isn't over <laughs> by a long yeah. shot. And uh, that's exciting in and of itself and, and as a bonding experience for these two very different points on a plane, you know, these two poles as Din and, and Bo, you know, are sort of forced into this situation together. I think there are a lot of interesting opportunities for subtext, uh, you know, that can still be fun. <laughs> I think we're just going to go to Tatooine and follow Jawas next week. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Pele, no. do, a, do a bottle episode with just Pele and the Jawas. Yeah. This, no, this, whole, this all seems like it's about them confronting realizing the grays in their belief system that you know Bo-Katan's was constantly like you are so wrong <laughs> about everything and then Din Djarin's like my creed is what it's all about and yeah. then you know he shows them he's like oh shit this place isn't actually cursed and then she's seeing his commitment to this baptism and then as she's rising I don't know why the Mythosaur is just like you're coming down here hmm. All right, you can leave now. <laughs> but the but the Mythosar, but the Mythosar beast, even her seeing that, is like, wait a minute, there must be some truth to these things I've always called fairy tales, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so it, what we're gonna see here is, I yeah, it sounds like we're headed towards a union. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited for that. But you know, for a union to happen, you do need some type of thing. And that's what's so wonderful about Star Wars as as a whole has always been so definitively good and evil and i feel like mandalorians in so many ways represent us and like the real world and the fact that like at some point you know you have to like not to throw out your enlightenment era philosophy or anything but like uh, you know uh, uh i may not agree with a single word you say but i'll defend to the death your right to say it and this idea of like coming together, Olive Voltaire, and and figuring out how do we coexist and recognize that like whatever we are and its many facets is more important to keep together than it is to just have our individual sentiment yeah. uh, be kept alive. So it's exciting. Well, I think when um, Din Djarin's people are riding the bus, they should be in the back. Yeah. They are not pure Mandalorians, and they should be treated as such. Yeah, I think that's how you do it. That way you can coexist. This is the way. That is not the way. It is the uh, way. This is the way. Get on, come on, dude. Uh, yeah. We outnumber you. So. Well, so things packing, you, buddy. you shouldn't say to the nice Jewish boy in the corner. Uh, no, it's... um. We view you like an equal. That's what we're willing to say to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any other nice Jewish boy, we would not be talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh... You're different I, uh, than the other Jewish you're boys. You're one of the good you're ones. You're one of the cool <laughs> Jewish boys, Michael. Oh, How deep can we dig this hole? Um... <laughs> right into the minds of men. Right. Lord. <laughs> right the living waters. The living no, waters. We should wrap this up. It's all obviously also going towards Grogu becoming the ultimate Mandalore. Sure. About time we say that. But will his helmet have ear holes? Yes. Well, that is kind of the final. If the Mandalorians can get over their differences between each other, Grogu represents that ultimate bridging of the gap between the Jedi and the Mandalorians. It's a new start. It's a fresh start. Yeah. 
Until the next Mandalorian Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> 20 when years later. When there's too many Mandalorians <laughs> out of control, all these emotions. <laughs> violence is, a, is an, an, corner, an integral cornerstone of your religion, I, I feel like conflict is ensured. <laughs> well, yeah. a lack of violence is a sin, which does breed a little bit of chaos. Sure. Uh, so... Ah, well, what are you going to do? All right, <laughs> guys. Well, what did you think about this episode of The Mandalorian? Leave your thoughts down below. Be sure to subscribe. Leave a like. Follow Michael, um, who is our Neil deGrasse Tyson of the <laughs> Star Wars world. Right, man. <laughs> big shoes to fill. And Very big shoes. Hey. Yeah, and who do you, th- do you think anybody is alive? And if so, who? What are they doing? Are they okay? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'll respond. Let's do a patron of the day shout. <gasps> patron of the day. All right. So, um, hey, um, can you can you shout out Michael since you left to talk? Can you shout out Pandemic Jones? <laughs> Pandemic Jones. Congratulations, you are the patron of the day. Thank you for your support, your love, and especially your money. <laughs> uh, no, we are so grateful. Can you make uh, it really personal, though? Oh, yeah. I don't want it to just sound like, you know, like some general. Oh, you want to make it personal? Some uh, general thing. Hey, pandemic. I know you've been going through a lot lately. <laughs> you know, with the government being like, you're over. But <laughs> sure. You're not over to me, pandemic. Pandemic. When I go to sleep at night, I often think about, I wonder what Greg's editing right now. And I know when Greg's editing, what he's really thinking about is, thank God for him, for Pandemic Jones. That that, that guy is single-handedly <laughs> keeping this channel going. <laughs> he is. And I I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, since Greg doesn't have one anymore. No. Um, thank the, you. It's on the front of uh, the bus. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, Jesus Christ. No, seriously. Uh, you know, it's really easy to forget that the real rejects uh, are real people. And, you know, G- Greg is a great guy. John is a guy. No, John is also <laughs> That's fair. a great guy. Fair enough. You know. and, uh, and I know that they, as human beings, view you as their equal, which... Speaking from experience is surprising and unusual for them. So. I view you higher than me. I look up to you, Pandemic Jones. I'm nothing. You did it. I did it. Do we have to do the letter thing? P no. for no, no, people no. That's pleasing. only if you're new. <laughs> <laughs> and only do Star Wars references when it oh, happens now. P for uh, uh, Paz Vizsla. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the the big Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. He who, was here last week. Yeah, who <laughs> ate lots of Padme. Padme. Padme, sure. I was, I was going to go for the Pantoians. The blue yes. What were you the know creatures? Star Wars. I get it. The Michael. A could be the creatures from this episode whose name now eludes me. <laughs> the and How do you spell pandemic? N is for Naboo and one star. Okay. Okay, everyone stop stop talking. D is for Dantooine. The rebel base is hidden there. 